0: Emily Hampshire is someone you may know as Stevie on Schitt's Creek, but she's more than just a talented actor. She's a thoughtful and sensitive person and friend. And in a certain way, we share a bit of history. This conversation weaves in and out of some vulnerable topics, but it also erupts in laughter. Let's just say Emily made me blush. This is 4D with Demi Lovato. Emily, thank you so much for doing this podcast, this show. I'm so excited to have you. Um, this – yeah, this is 4D with me, <laughs> Demi Lovato, and uh, – which feels weird every time I say that, but um, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself because I know that a lot of the audience knows you as Stevie Budd in Shit's Creek, which – I'd love. Um, But I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, how you want to be known to this audience. It's so funny
1: because I've listened to your podcast now and I know you do this. And A, Uh I love that you say it feels weird saying your name all the time because so (laughs) I've been an actor all my life. And like introducing myself means like Emily Hampshire, 5'4". And like turning around, I'm based in Los Angeles. (laughs) And like... So, yes. but when you say the opportunity to introduce yourself, how you would like to be known? Um, I've been thinking about that, and I'm like, how would I really just introduce myself? A, it's just hard to say my name. So I'm Emily Elizabeth Hampshire, and um, I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm an actor. Which the strug- the struggle of do I say actress or actor? That's been I always. Oh my God! Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a whole, a thing. whole
1: thing. Yes, um, I'm. I'm really artsy crafty. Like I like to make things. Um, I'm Canadian, and um, Cute. I, I really do. I real upholstered a couch once. I made a ten foot long desk. Um, I and I love. I really love people. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I like miniature things too I really like miniature things Like if you go to Sephora I really like the mini aisle And I love musicals And I like being alone
0: There, that's Do you like many things Because we are many people? Like I feel like being short Like we love n- No offense yes. We, But we are We are It's something we both You're know about You're shorter each other. than me um, We're not trying to hide
1: <laughs> I am shorter you make than you You me feel tall I loved it when I met you. Oh my God. Yes. How wait, how tall are you? I'm
0: five three and some change. And and I find that like I tend to like miniature things too, because I don't know. I, I grew up being yeah. fun sized <laughs>
1: Maybe that's it too, because I'm a denning animal. I also like I enjoy being in the closet. Not the metaphorical closet, but the actual closet. So I'm I like <laughs> little I love a pod. That's my favorite place in a plain pod. So
0: Oh, yes. Like the, the yeah, cool yeah. little sweets. Yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know, she is back in the closet for this podcast yes. only. Um, <laughs> she is recording in her podcast. Well, you know what? Let me ask you. What are your pronouns? How about that? That's
1: so interesting. Uh, she, she, her, those are my pro- pronouns. She, her. Cool. Um, but it's really interesting that I've been thinking about it a lot since you came out as non-binary. And then I was thinking about it a lot because I feel like we've had so much in common and stuff. And I I, I don't have any desire to change my pronouns, but I do feel like every issue I've ever had in my life would be so much better if no one prejudged me as being a woman or a girl or female or anything.
0: Right, (laughs) right, right. I mean, I totally relate to that sentiment 100%, which is why I adopted new pronouns. But that's really, really incredible to hear. Thank you for saying that, um, that that had an Big impact influence. on how yeah. you... Well, I want you to know that something that was also very impactful for me was when you came out as pansexual. I mean, I you talked about it, how you learned about it on Shit's Creek, which I think is a really interesting story. Can you elaborate a little bit about well, that? Well,
1: so... We did this scene in Schitt's Creek where um, it's, I think it's kind of well known now, it's the wine scene where um, David, Dan Levy's character, explains to Stevie his sexuality through wine. And he says, you know, ultimately he likes the wine, not the label, and, um, and that he's pansexual. And I had never heard the word pansexual before. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I also was having trouble even understanding the whole, I know everyone else got the wine metaphor, but when I was doing the scene, (laughs) I had a bit of trouble because I didn't, well, like there's the third wine and like, there's just, I I had, what was weird was that I've always considered myself super knowledgeable about LGBTQ plus stuff just because everybody in my life, my friends are all mostly LGBTQ plus people, but I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. And um, and cut to you know about five years later or something. I um, I was dating someone, and and people I saw on these message boards, people being like. Is, is Stevie a lesbian? Is Emily gay? What, who's Emily? Um, and stuff like, <laughs> like asking what I was, and I said to Dan, I was like, "This is so weird. What? What am I? Because I truly just fell in love with a person, and where they were on the gender spectrum did not matter to me. And since then, it, it right. really, it really doesn't matter to me. Um I have to like the person. Right. I'm really attracted to like a person's vibe and their yeah. Right. And so he was like you're pansexual, don't you watch our show? And um <laughs> but then the truth is that since then I did feel kind of like I had to identify myself. And and on the one hand, I believe in that. I believe in visibility. I know how important it is. On the other hand, my utopian world is like you don't have to identify yourself as anything that that why I don't have to say I'm pansexual, bisexual, anything, but I get why we have to now. But also even yeah. with pronouns like my utopian world would be we're just like human. And you've you've pushed people in a way not on purpose I don't think, but anyone who I think becomes non-binary, you push people into thinking a little broader and to thinking like Human, person, and and I love that. So, oh, I came out in because I was being asked, um, and and I guess, it and it was also like uh, liberating in a way, also a self discovery thing because, you know, I um I can look back in high school and see that I wasn't just like wanting to be. Like the girls, I wanted to like fuck the girls. <laughs> um, yes, Because so, okay. Because it, it was confusing for a while. I'm like, oh my god, you yes. have such great tits. I wish I had tits like that. But then, I'm like, mm, maybe a little, do a little more. Um, <laughs> yes. So it did make me like really start to. Uh, I think, like Shit's Creek did for a lot of people, made you start to really kind of look deeper into yourself. (laughs) Well, look, this is kind of a
0: departure from what we're talking about right now, but this is something that I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak about. I wanted to give you a safe space where you can talk freely about something that you have never spoke publicly about for the first time.
1: So the truth is, when you asked me to be on your podcast, I was so honored and like, uh, Mm. yes. And, but then uh, immediately (laughs) I was like, no, I can't because I had told you, um, something that I, I'd never shared with anybody, um, just like that before. So I, I had told you that you speaking out about your eating disorder in, in the way that you did, um, especially because it was, bulimia and I even have trouble saying that word which is a problem obviously but Mm. um you really affected me when I didn't even know you when it it was somebody who I really thought I was so disgusting and like it was such a gross Mm. secret and and to see you talk about it and also this is the weirdest thing Jane Fonda who's the only other person that I ever unsolicitedly told I saw her on a plane once I I sat in my seat during turbulence and wrote her this crazy letter um and I because I'd read her book when I was younger and her talking about being an actress with an eating disorder that was similar to mine um I yeah. uh I just felt less ashamed and it's funny that the only people I've actually ever told like people in my life know because I went to treatment and they had to you know they knew um not many not Mm -hmm. many at all I told you because you have really helped me and I told Jane Fonda I said (laughs) I love this letter at the end I gave her the letter and then I saw her again in co- and I was so weird. I'm not usually starstruck. I was so weird. And so now I have total empathy whenever a fan comes up to me and if they're weird, I'm like, "I've been weird too." Um and then she came up to me in customs and I was like, "No." So- Cuz all the things I said and and she was so lovely to me. But anyways, Aww. so the reason the the main reason was I then I listened to your podcast and Mm-hmm. I listened to Glennon Doyle and I listened to your Jane Fonda, and um, yeah. it just made me realize that I can't, I don't, I don't need to talk about this. I don't, but I doing a show like Shit's Creek, you do start to get things for letters from people, letters like eighty DMs, yes. DMs from people <laughs> who um, who tell you how y- you being. Authentic and open has helped them be like that, and and it actually reminds me of um, Carson Kressley came on this little pandemic charity show I was doing, and he um, he was talking about the power of coming out, and he said, you know, there's always always people who pave the way for you to make your way easier, and and the yeah. power of coming out is saying is is making it human, and when you make it human. Then other people are kind of, like, I mean, this was about, you know, being gay for him, but it was, um, that when you make it human, it, it, people, friends can be like, well, I know Carson and he's a great guy. Why shouldn't he be able to adopt kids? And I know, you yes. know, and so you make it human. And quite honestly, I think my, my coming out and this issue are kind of closely related in, in that, um, um. You and Jane Fonda (laughs) made it human to me and not, um, yeah, it was something I was, just because I was also, you know, when I've always been an actress and um, when I started out, um, I I started out when I was like 11 and then I kind of became a teenager and Kate Moss was very big then and like as, mm -hmm. yeah.
0: I I, re- I relate to that that period of time where it was young Hollywood and the fashion industry were ve- everyone was very an un- unhealthily yes thin for to be looking for for
1: teenagers to be looking at. Yes to. and especially when you're going yeah teenagers you're kind of looking for your identity and I I remember my I remember viscerally my first diet I tore it out of a magazine and it was um Two hard-boiled eggs, half a cup of oatmeal, and black coffee. And I remember that first diet. In retrospect, I can see how much that made me feel like I was in control of my life. Um, yes. Because it wasn't a period of time when I was in control of it. And as and I do think back to then that like, what if I never start had a, did that diet? What yeah. if because I. A friend of mine once said, he was like, I've never seen anybody react to a salad the way you do. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and it's, it's true. It made it, it made all of it something so conscious and thought about all the time. I mean, I I started to go on these diet pills. And Mm -hmm. I'd actually I'd gotten my first TV show in Canada. And I did the first season. I was normal. Did came back for the second season and I had lost a significant amount of weight and everybody said I looked great. Everybody said, "Oh, the wardrobe was like, oh, we can have these clothes on you and these clothes now." By the end of the season, they weren't saying I looked so great. Um and cuz I right. couldn't think anymore, I couldn't remember anything. Right. I was crying all the time. Um and then I got really depressed because my brain wasn't being fed at all and I also was white knuckling through being I I guess I never thought of myself as anorexic but I was really you know white knuckling it through counting everything and then I couldn't do it anymore and I got depressed and I put on a significant amount of weight and I went back to that series and I played an actress on that series um and they wrote it into the show. They were like, my character's name was Siobhan and they were like, we can't keep Siobhan away from the craft table. And there was all these <gasps> things of me, me like under the craft table, like stuffing my face, doing all this stuff. I was so embarrassed, but also because I, there was one podcast where you talked about how you could look at your perfectionism how uh, what it's done good for you sometimes and mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. this is not a good lesson this is not a good lesson at all but it did make me learn comedy in a really hard lesson oh, way oh wow because i then i at the time i was i was the Bigger girl. And um and in that way, I needed to be funny. That's what was going through my head, you know, and that's not a healthy thing to think about. Um, but it pushed right. me in that direction. And in that, I got more character parts. I got I was no longer the um the girlfriend. And I was always the girlfriend, right. like the pretty girl. To, and I can see in retrospect. That I might have purposefully ruined my looks um, because I didn't like that always being a focus. Um, Wow. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's so, there's so much to unpack there. I'm sitting here like trying not to be livid at the writers for writing that into the script because that's not. Um and I know you're not ever gonna say no, anything, but I think it was a but, different
1: time. I think it was a time when my right. agent would tell me, well, you either have to gain weight or lose it. You're either the fat girl or you're skinnier And I would go to if I went to a party and I would he would see me eat anything, I would be like, don't don't worry, I'm just gonna throw it up And that was my best joke, my best joke all the time. Right. and but it it was true and it it did get out of hand for me and actually the thing that I think, saved my life was going, I went in right before, right before Shits Creek, I went into treatment and, um, and yeah, I'd come, it, I'd come out, um, it was a month I'd come out and then I went and did Shits Creek and yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't it incredible that when sometimes you start to turn your life around, opportunities can come out of nowhere, like out the blue and really help shape the rest of your life. I fully believe that because, you know, you, (laughs) it's funny to say took control of your eating disorder because eating disorders are all about control. But it's funny when you decided to get help for that, that this opportunity came along and, you know, gave you the platform that you have today because of it um i think it was the universe's way maybe of saying hey you're on the right path and like yes. keep it up because i fully believe that the universe god whatever you want to call it doesn't want you to be hurting yourself especially for the to, for the ability to appeal to other people yeah and i think that we i i i definitely i definitely did that and, and as well you know being a a teenager in Hollywood trying to make yourself shrink as much as possible as much as possible it i can completely relate and so to so that.
1: that word shrink is also yeah. just on so many levels i um i have a lot of trans women friends and um one of them uh, was Talking, she was going to do an interview, and um, and she, she was talking about what she did best. Uh, it was her career that she was talking about. She's very confident when she talked about her career, and she was like, "Oh, I feel like I'm like a boy scout. What do I? What do I do to seem more femme? And I can't believe what came came out of my mouth was, um, "Make yourself smaller." And it was it was true. She did seem more femme being like, mm. but. It that will always stick with me because it is something that I feel like for the longest time I I did try to especially being Canadian you never want to put people out and you want to please people and I'm sorry for existing and all those things oh my god <laughs> but oh. um, but yeah that 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 thing of sh- shrinking yourself both physically and metaphorically in a weird way. Um, and yet, when I came out of treatment, my entire life changed. I I can't say that it cured my eating disorder, but it made it of made course. me find a self or even know that I had a self in me because everything was like I go. I learned who I was by going to auditions and looking in the other person and seeing, well, what do you want me to be? And that was very much what I would do, even with. Guys' relationships. I'd I'd find out what they liked. I'd look on like like a psycho on their Instagram and see what their like ex girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, he likes girls with with their nails done. And I'd start doing my nails mm-hmm. and be of like. And then they'd like me, and I'd be like, you don't. Then I'd be like, break up with them because they didn't. You don't yeah. really like me. You would. You would. Well, you would do what you did with that role, which was
0: you subconsciously mm. chose a different pathway, and you said hey, you know what, I realize you don't like me yeah. for who I am, and that's not that's not okay yeah. with
1: me. Um Yeah, I, I relate to that too. I, I just, like, remember listening to your Glennon Doyle interview that there is so much in retrospect that you can see that you couldn't when you were in it Um and and, and- how that journey has made you who you are in – in overcoming things like that. Um, and I yeah. think that's also why I think I wanted to do your podcast. And uh, it, it wasn't mm. so much that I wanted to speak about it as much as I didn't feel like I could do your podcast and be real. Um, because you talk, you know, you, right. you talk about your struggles. And um, yeah, and I just also... I guess before, had I ever spoken about it before, it would have been what defined me because I wasn't established in any way and I never wanted that. And so I feel like now, um, it's kind of like, well, I'd like, I'd like to give back what you did for me. Like it really, it really, Um. I will never forget seeing you the first time on this talk show talking about stuff that I couldn't believe you were saying, I couldn't believe you Mm. were saying, because to me, it was so humiliating. Um, And not that, you know, but if... No, 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 I totally
0: get that. You know, I think there's also, there's also a a taboo or kind of stigma that comes with bulimia, as opposed to, I think, the other eating disorders that that feels a little bit more embarrassing. Um, Because you are making yourself sick you know it kind of there's there's gross things that come with that i think that our society rewards anorexia in the yep. diet culture like unfortunately we if you these the, those diets are still being printed to this yep. day the two hard boiled eggs and a cup of oatmeal you know it, all you have to do is open up one of those fitness magazines and it'll basically say the same thing our society rewards People who True. are in control of yeah. themselves. And that, that's just not where it's at. And that's not where freedom is. And that's not where self-love resides. You don't find self-love by by losing weight. I'm sorry, that's just not how it happens. You mm-hmm. can. There are some people that lose weight and they find self-love. But that's – for me, that's not how I found it. In fact, freedom has always come from taking contrary action, taking care of myself, mm-hmm. you know, not – not stuffing my face when I when I don't want to. That's obviously not self-care, but um, it's by continuing to work on myself, that's where I find the freedom. And
1: Glennon Doyle actually said that, that thing about, like, you can't have both. You can't love yourself and be in control, like, because you're not trusting yourself and to have self-love. And yes. that really struck me. And I remember when I went into treatment my first day, I... Was, I felt like the, the fat one, cause it made me bigger. It made me, you know, and I was like, I didn't feel like I was even entitled to say I had a problem or anything. And I, I remember my first meeting with the therapist. She was, I was saying, you know, this, this is nice. This isn't really going to work for me because, um, you, you couldn't do those behaviors there. You were watched all the time. And then I said, you know, I won't do it here for yeah. this you know month um but i'll be okay like all it won't change and she's like usually what we find when we take the behaviors away that in a week or two other things start to come up and i was like yeah yes. yeah then i found myself in uh <laughs> we did this thing called life story where you had to tell your life story um i had to look at my imdb page to be able to tell remember my life story which is it i was insane and i remembered all my my weights from those sh- anyways um,
0: yeah oh, of course of, I mean you say anyways but I could do the same thing with past projects as well um, it's something that just yeah. comes with it and
1: yeah. so I was telling my life story and something that I um, had i always thought you know I was cool with it not cool with it but I was it didn't affect me It was my, my stepfather dying and I started sobbing like like I'd never saw it before and like so uncontrollably. And the therapist was like, How do you, how do you feel? And I actually said, I, I feel like not like throwing up, but this feels like throwing up. This feels like that
0: feeling wow. after
1: that feeling after that. I always did feel like there was a calm after the storm and that. And I realized a lot of my things were not speaking not saying things not keeping things down keeping things you know and um and that was something that again it sounds I'm not this person who's like throwing up as a metaphor for like but but it was what I was doing when I could you know when you do therapy and you can yeah. see the connection then it kind of helps to make it go away if
0: you're okay with Talking about your recovery, can I ask you what that looks like today and how you're doing today?
1: Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I don't know that I'll ever be cured. I I wish – I do fantasize about like imagine what it would be like to not think of about course. everything. However, I can – this is a weird thing, but I think the thing that helped my eating disorder the most <laughs> – was sleeping with women. (laughs) That sounds crazy. But I always, but the truth is I always had this, I was so strict with myself and so punishing with like, this is bad about you. This is bad about you. And then when I, and, and Mm -hmm. want to be skinnier, skinnier. And then when I was with women, I was like, Oh, I don't want them to be skinny. Oh, I like this about them. I like right. it was attractive to me that someone wasn't right. it's and this is personal, it's just not attractive to me. And that actually really made me see things differently in myself cuz I was always looking at judging myself through the male gaze, judging my and and not even yeah. necessarily what their male gaze was, but what society was saying they wanted. Um well,
0: here's the thing. If we're talking about Jane Fonda, she made a really good point. It all comes back to the patriarchy. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's not the patriarchy saying, this is what we like, it's the patriarchy running the fashion industries that's putting the clothes on the models that we see walking down the runway, telling us that that's what they like. And so it does come down, it comes back to the patriarchy. And, you know, when, when, when you start to think, how do I need to look, you go to – you start to think of, well, what is the patriarchy like? Yes. You don't think of what do what do I like in a woman or what do – you think what do they like in yes. a woman? What do they see? Who's on the cover of magazines? Who's on our television? You know, you're looking at at what they are putting in front of us and it actually does come back to that, especially when the patriarchy's mission is – and and I'm not I'm not saying when I say patriarch, I'm not talking about all, you know, straight white men. I'm just talking about the ones that rule mm. shit. Um they most of the time, they they don't like loud women, women with strong women with loud opinions. When you say that that sleeping with women helped you, i have to I have to say the same thing that I think, there is a freedom that comes with dating women where I just don't automatically feel the pressure to make myself smaller. And there's a freedom in just accepting each other for where we're at that like that that's really why I see I see myself ending up with a woman. I don't really see myself ending up with a man. And now who's I don't know what's going to happen in my future, but that's just where what I what I feel because I feel – it feels safer with a woman for some reason. And and maybe that's because I feel like my eating disorder had to do with so many parts of me that I was shoving down, one of which was uh, the side of me that likes girls and mm-hmm. – uh, I'm sorry, the side of me that loves mm-hmm. girls. And um, because I have, I've been – I have had very, very intense feelings for women and – and and yeah I, growing up in the south it was really hard for me to open up and tell people that you know i remember hearing of a friend that went to a friend's friend that went to a different school and she was bisexual and i was like oh, i have to meet her because i got to talk to her i need to like i i think and i was like oh she's hot and i didn't even really think she was that hot but i was like she's bi and i'm probably bi so like we need to talk yeah. i don't know it just felt like that was a part of me i was always stuffing down and there's your fucking analogy with bulimia when you stuff things down too long it's going to overflow at some point
1: there is that thing of like the adage of secrets keep you sick and it and it it is yes. true it is true that if yes. and it doesn't mean you have to go and like share everything but there is something in just like not hiding anymore Can I say how we first met? Not, not even met. Yes. Cause I think it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Go for it. Go okay. for it. I don't care. <laughs> so I have to say that you DM'd me and you said. I did. I slid in those DMs. <laughs> <laughs> you slid in my DMs and you said, hey, uh, yes. On. Uh, I'd like you on the show, we should kick it sometime. And then, then you said, <laughs> below it. You said, and by kick it, I mean, like, go on a date, I find you attractive or whatever. Like, you made it clear that it was a date. Yeah, yeah. And I loved yes. that because I was like, sometimes that's confusing, you know, like, hey. Totally. I'm- decades older than you so kick it I was like "Look at it." <laughs> you said that you
0: also said that you were like I'm decades older I don't think we'll think find the same things funny I was like mm, excuse you and I sent you a really yeah, good meme you
1: also said think <laughs> of uh, Sarah Paulson and Holland Taylor I <laughs> No. And then right after you were like, oh, "I don't mean you're the Holland Taylor." I was like, "Love well, yeah, me." No. Yeah, you did, and I'm like, "I think." It's I was like, like,
0: "No, no, I just love them t- together. I really do."
1: Me too. That was the funniest thing in the world because I was oh. the Holland Taylor in that situation. Proud to be. Proud to be. <laughs> Proud to be. I
0: look a, a non-binary. Person can dream, <laughs> you know what I mean, and 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 they, she, I at the time I was a she, she was dreaming, she was dreaming yeah. big. <laughs> so I was like, let's 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 see what yeah. let's see what can happen. What's the worst that can happen? And then I made a really good yeah. friend. You know what I'm saying? Like you're an, you're a dope oh, friend, and
1: I'm ex- I'm happy that we became me friends. Me too. After that. I wish you weren't 29. Um. So <laughs> also there, there was something about that. Um. I I did ask you. I'm like, is have are you out publicly as because I didn't know that you were into women and um and most people ask me if I'm into women and like they assume and I'm like, what made you think that? And they're like, it's the plaids. the plaid shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that was before before any like. When people would just assume that I was a lesbian. Um, but yeah, I didn't right. know. And I was like, have you and you said that you you hadn't done it publicly, but but you had oh like for a while now, it's been something that you
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> Wait,
0: I love this is so great because like that is not a moment that we have had on this podcast, and I am so glad that <laughs> I think you brought that up. That is so funny. Oh, my God. Also, not my smoothest move, being like Holland Taylor, Sarah Pauls.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry no, about that. <laughs> I, I loved it. What was even better, because, I mean, they are, I'm obsessed with them. I, I think everyone wants yes. to see them. Um, Yeah, it was the digging yourself out. It was the oh my god, I didn't. Oh my god, yes, the foot in my.
0: (laughs) I think at that point I was sending you voice notes, being like, "No, that's not what I meant. I'm so sorry." (laughs) Oh
1: my god, um,
0: man. But then I and then I met you at the Grammys. Yeah, and that was that was awesome. I got to. My mom got to meet you. My mom is such a big fan of Schitt's Your Creek. mom, I love her. And she was just so excited. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. well she I loves you. Well, her on Instagram, so I think I... No, you yeah. don't. Oh, my God. That's Amazing. I, I love that. I
1: know that. her more than I actually know her because I see her life and I think I know
0: it. But yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, that's hilarious. Oh, I love that.
1: Wow. Um... <laughs> I'm a little where, flustered where get from <laughs> sliding into my DMs. I know. I mean, where do we go from here? <laughs> I
0: slide out the room. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, No. Well, here's the thing. You are an attractive woman who like knows her shit. She, you have, you, you're not afraid to be yourself. And I think that's what I was like, that's fucking dope. You know what I'm saying? And I think that like, no matter what, Ever happens like with with people that you know I date at once or find attractive at once. Like that's what, like ultimately we end up being friends. You know what I'm saying? Because like I'm I'm single as a Pringle Same. right now, and I and and I I love it. And now I have a lot of dope friends that some of which I've dated, some of which that I've not dated, but like found attractive. And it's it's cool that like you can that. When it's cool when you can make that transition of like, okay, just because it didn't work with someone or like nothing yeah. happened, then like it's still cool that you can still remain friends because obviously, like, uh, that's I'm attracted to me, what I, me? yeah, the, to what I'm <laughs> attracted yeah, to you, to <laughs> yes, yes, okay, still,
1: I'm still attracted to you, fine. <laughs> You know you said you're single and I'm I'm this is yes. we're never going to get out of this loop but um, <laughs> but I also like I have realized that um I I went through a, a difficult breakup and it it kind of forced me to really go to therapy and look at myself cuz I I was all about the other person and that was something that I did before mm. that person that I didn't recognize but everything was about me not having any needs and any self. And now that I've finally gotten Mm. to, after lots of expensive, expensive therapy, I've gotten to a place where I love me so much and and doing what I want to do that I'm scared to get into a relationship because I'm worried I'm going to just give that up. And like... I know. I have gotten to that point too
0: where I'm like, but wait, I really love my... Grey's Anatomy yeah. marathons that I have yes. by myself. That like I don't, I don't know if someone who I date is going to be interested Not in me. that. And like, or like, <laughs> me and- <laughs> okay, okay, fine, fine. I'm like, but, but, but what about a comic yeah, No, I'm no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but see that right there, that right there is what I'm talking about. I, I want, I don't know, I, I don't want to ever sacrifice who I am at, for the expense of being in a relationship with someone else. And that's where, like, there, you know, I could, we both could be dating people. That's We're single because we haven't settled for anything less than what we deserve. Because we value ourselves so much now that we don't want to just give that power away to just yeah. anybody. We know what we're yeah. worth. And I think that's really admirable. Do you,
1: do you find that now that when I've been saying to people, I'm like, I don't want to be in a relationship with anyone. Then everyone wants to be in a relationship with you when you're like, no, I don't totally. like, I'm just, I just don't want to do that. But I think it does come out of what's funny is when you were like, I love that we're friends and nothing happened. Once again, bringing it back to the patriarchy, you know how that can never happen. Right. Usually with guys that if you say you can't go out with them or something, they're like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you think you're all totally totally you were like yeah it wasn't that i didn't want to date you by the way i'm 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 just i'm just i was trying to be like
0: like i'm anyways like like what like what (laughs) (laughs) trying to be like (laughs) okay okay here i got one for you i i know i know how to do this okay speaking of prioritizing yourself what about your new project?
1: Chappell wait, wait. We can talk okay, about that. So, Chappell yeah. wait is a um, it's a ten <laughs> bar limited series. <laughs>
0: Which I can't wait to watch. By the way, it looks scary as fuck. It's
1: really, it's really well. It's Stephen King. It's based on a Stephen King book, and it's um, uh, with Adrian Brody, who uh, Academy Award winner Adrian Brody, who you know he knows the stuff, and um, yeah, it was amazing, (laughs) and it's set in eighteen fifties. Which and why I really wanted to do this project was so. I had when this project came to me. Um, I had just sold my own show that I'm a writer on, and it's the first time I'm being on the other side of things. And um, I was reading this Stephen King book called On Writing, and because he wrote a book about writing, it's really great. And I get this script for this this show, and my character is a writer in the 1850s and um, she went to like Mount Holyoke. She's really ahead of her time, this modern woman and she's not in the original book. Um, And so I think because Stephen King likes to put writers in things, but he didn't put a woman in this one. I think I'm like the female Stephen King of this story. If Stephen King were a very educated, ahead of her time woman in the 1850s wearing a corset, he would be my character, Rebecca Morgan.
0: Was there any scary things, spooky things that happened on set? Um, or was that just... No, there... Is that just something I think of every time I see a horror movie? I'm like, there had to have been some shit that went down uh, on that set. Well,
1: there, <laughs> there was. Um, first of all, the house that... So the, the show is called Chapel Wait, And it's... Chapel Wait is the house yes. that they move into that has yes. all this history. And so the house that played the part of Chapel Wait, like the actor house... Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a method actor house because it was haunted. It was no joke haunted. It was an Airbnb, and they had this plaque on the wall that said, "Like everybody who lived there, and everybody who lived there, um, died in a really not great way." And we'd hear like s- they're still pissed about it because we'd hear slamming doors and like no one would be there. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So,
0: ooh, see, that's what makes me scared to work on like a on a on a scary project. Cause I'm like, Ooh, the energy, like, is it, was it, was it hard or was it, was it okay?
1: So, so again, it's based on this short story and I read the short story cause I'm professional. I do my homework and whatever. And then I, um, we start shooting, uh, I'm around the fourth episode that we're shooting and we got, the, we didn't get all the scripts at once. We'd get them in a series thing. And, um, I'm doing this show. I'm sitting in my chair on set. It's kind of dark on set because it's a horror thing. So it's dark. I look to my left and, and there's a, a vampire. Um, and, and not like a vampire, like Rob Pattinson vampire, like a terrifying vampire. (laughs) I didn't know there were vampires in the show. I thought because they weren't in the (laughs) short story. I was the only one who didn't know. And so when you're an actual, I think the union needs to tell actors, like, when you're on set and you're not expecting a vampire, and then a really... Yeah, they need to tell you. So that was, like, one of the most terrifying moments of my life. I jumped out of my chair. Because you just, you don't expect it. Um...
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course. Absolutely, of course. Oh, my gosh. That's really funny. Before we... Wrap it up. Um, I wanted to go back really quick to talking about your recovery because I just think that it's really important that, um, that people hear, you know, the other side of it. Do you have any advice for anybody that may be struggling today or they're about to go off to treatment for the first time or, you know, or, or maybe they're, they're not at the point yet of being ready to accept help like treatment mm-hmm. what would you what advice would you give to them
1: um i i mean i would say that the best thing you could probably do for yourself is to talk about it and and get a that yeah. which i i think because that was the thing for me that was so keeping that even secret that uh, like the, the more you kind of keep secrets like that, you kind of stew in this shame soup. And, and I think shame is, is just, uh, an emotion that can kind of rot you inside. And, um, this is not, this doesn't sound like great advice, but, um, but I just do, I do remember, um, this therapist once saying that, you know, like, De- depression a lot of times can be a- anger pointed inwards that you're not you're not letting you're not using your voice to say things and I think a lot of again the, the patriarchy um there was a yes. lo- I was raised that you know uh it's it's rude to ask for things you don't um you don't, don't be loud, don't be aggressive as a yes. woman, um, letting yourself take up more, more space and not, um, also what's been good for me is now when I look on Instagram, it, I love when I see like younger kids, like 16 year olds who are like, they're, they're proud of their bodies and they're not, and not, not in yes. like a, like, you know, there's a there's a way that it, it just feels like it yes. wasn't it wasn't like that when I w- was younger. It was like you had to be perfect, mm-hmm. or you were you made fun of, and all those things. And now there's really this culture I find with younger people of so much acceptance, and I do think that comes from visibility. I think I think what Shit's Creek did for showing um, a, a gay couple who were just normal they just loved each other it was normal and so yeah. i think showing people and again kind of why i wanted to not not talk about this um that,
0: yeah. that it's it,
1: it's it's not it, it's not something to like feel embarrassed about or feel like you're dysfunctional or if anything listen to yes. Glennon doyle's speech and it, like her her interview <laughs> and it it's really inspiring.
0: The shame soup is something that I'm going to take with me forever. <laughs> you you literally said two words, shame soup. And I can relate just like so much to that because there is so many times where like you make one mistake and you end up sitting in a pot of shame yeah. soup. I have one more question and it is not about dinner yeah. on Saturday, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> It could be. Uh, <laughs> just, I ask everybody this question when they come on my podcast. It's called 4D with me because for me, living in the fourth dimension looks like complete freedom from boundaries that separate all of us like gender, sexuality, opinions, just all the things that separate us, age, whatever it is. Like, what would living in the fourth dimension? look like to you?
1: So I think sometimes I'm very literal and and to me when I think of 4D, I think of you're seeing me from here, from here, from here, from here. And if you're seeing me from all those angles, there's nowhere to hide anything. And so it does, it feels very kind of you have to be you in your birthday suit and like, and yeah, it feels like a place where you can't There's no hiding. You just are who you authentically are because everyone's going to see it anyways. So being caught hiding is, like, not a good look. Okay. That is one of
0: the coolest answers that I've gotten to that question on this show. Yes, because I think that a lot of times people don't take that question literally. (laughs) And and, and you are, but no, no, it's just, but I, I, but I love the fact that you did take it literally because no one's taken that approach with it. And that's, what's so cool about giving this question and getting a different answer each time. I love
1: the question. You I know. think it's
0: cool. Thanks. Well, <laughs>
1: I had so much
0: fun, a little I too, much, too fun.
1: much fun. <laughs> I'm going to have to come out of the closet.
0: Uh, oh, you you are gonna have to come out at some point. <laughs>
1: Sa-
0: Saturday, okay. Bye. Saturday eight pm. See you there. Cool. Bye. <laughs> Look, I'll I'll DM you. Um. <laughs> um. But, no, it was very very, very, very awesome you. having you. Thank you for sharing what you did for the first time publicly on this show. I, I want you to know that my fans and anyone listening. Um it takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of guts to come on the show and talk about something as vulnerable as what you just did and and my fans are going to I know my fans they're they're so loving and caring and they will be supporting you 100% from now on as well. You. So you have not only support a supporter and me but you have a supporter from all of my fans too i just know it so thank you so much yeah That's really nice of course <laughs> it was so good, so to, good see to see you, you and we- <laughs> you look great okay. so good to see you thanks so do you <laughs> <Thanks. Okay>. bye <laughs>